Welcome to Insights, a podcast from Haley Marketing built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. Whether we're talking about marketing trends or what's working right now for staffing and recruiting firms across North America, we're here to share our insights on how you can stand out, stay top of mind, and sell more. Let's get to the show. What's up? This is Brad Byling. Welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? Good. I'm doing really well. Uh, back from the NAPS annual conference. We're going to dedicate the whole episode to that conference. Had a really good talk there. Had a really good time in, uh, we were in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. I always want to say Arlington for some reason. We were in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, good time, man. How are you? We're good. We're good. We're rocking and rolling here. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little froggy this weekend as I was uh, yeah. out in Las Vegas at uh, the Notre Dame BYU game, seeing people I hadn't seen for years. So it was a lot of fun. But hey, we have a we have a question for you. Sure, hit me with it. Did you see the movie? I did not see Smile. Oh goodness gracious, buddy! I'm not you, going to. I I am. You not told going us to see that movie on this podcast that you would. We got to pull the tape. I don't know that I did. <laughs> I I very much remember me saying I'm going to talk all about it. I even said it on stage at Naps that I hate the the main character because she scares me. I don't know that I'm going to see it. Um, maybe I will eventually when it's on like uh, what would I have like YouTube TV, Amazon Prime Video, something like that. I, I'm not going to go to the movie theater for it. No way. I don't know, Matt. I don't know that I ever want to go back to movie theater again. Do you? Oh, Top Gun was great in the movie theater. You went when you were on vacation, though. You went like a rainy day. I need something to do. Everyone said you had to go see in the theater for, you know, the sound, the, the screen, everything. I but uh, Yeah, I not, guess. I, mean, I understand your point, but yeah, it's an experience every once in a while. Yeah. I was stunned. I mean, $50 million worldwide, good for them, or yeah. domestically so far, good for them. But uh, that was my only question for today. You know what'll happen? Yeah, you know what'll happen is little man's going to want to go see a movie one day, well, and I'm going to get dragged back into the movie theaters. Of course. But right now, I'm out until he's like, hey, dad, let's go see whatever. Toy Story 72. Um, Toy Story 72. And I'm going to say, absolutely. Let's wait in line, <laughs> kid. Um, but hey, man, let's get to the show. Let's go. The NAPS annual conference in Alexandria, Virginia, the National Association of Personnel Services hosted their annual conference just this past week had the opportunity to attend and exhibit and speak uh, on behalf of Haley Marketing. Uh, also went with uh, Steve Gibson from Recruiter's Websites. Good friend of the program, Matt. Want to give Steve a shout out. Good guy. Uh, first time really meeting him since we um, acquired Recruiter's Websites. Had a good time with him and uh, a good, good buddy of mine at this point now, I'd like to say. But anyway, Matt, I wanted to take the time on this show to break down a couple big talking points from the annual conference. So again, the conference was in Alexandria, Virginia. It was a three-day event. Uh, NAPS does it well, man. They have a really, really good group of people. Uh, it's all executive recruiters. It's all in the recruiting space. If you're thinking about joining an association, I would reach out to them. It is a fantastic group of individuals. The speakers are always top tier. The vendors and exhibitors are top tier. It is a very, very good and well-organized conference. Uh, this year's was about, it was two days and a night. So I don't know how you want to you know, say that there was a welcome on night one and then really two full days of, of conference. Um, really good, really good conference. So I had a great time. So Matt, let's break down really the three takeaways that I had from the conference. And I want to get your takes on this too. I certainly don't just want this to be me talking, but the first 
we as an industry need to use our candidate databases more effectively. I talked about it during my talk. Staffing Shark talked about it in his talk. Greg Dorshing talked about it during his presentation. Barb Bruno talked about it during hers. We all basically said that we need to use our candidate databases more effectively and, and snaked off of each other to, to add more insight than the last person, which was great. Love when, when speakers do that and just bring the conference together under one common theme. But Matt, there was one time where I was listening to Greg talk and he asked the room, everyone, you know, raise your hands. Uh, and, and put them down if your candidate database is under 10,000 people, under 100,000 people. The last person standing, Matt, their database was 500,000 people. And that person said that it was hard, hard to fill job orders right now. I don't know, respectfully, what you're doing to try to fill those job orders. There is guaranteed somebody right for that job in that database. We just need to use it more effectively. Matt, are you hearing that on the recruitment side of things too? I, I feel like in your world, it's just, hey, how can I get more applications? How can I get more people to apply? Are you seeing and hearing more people saying, listen, maybe we should go back to this database that we've spent hundreds or thousands or heck, even millions to build? We focus on the active candidates a lot. So the database isn't as much of a talking point. I do think with marketing automation, candidate automation, that's helping just because people have that database. They can use software to help them reactivate those candidates, you know, buzzword for staffing reactivation. Um, it's definitely, you need a balance. You need to have active candidates coming in. You need to have referrals. You need to be reactivating that database and whatever percentages of, you know, you want there, a third, a third, a third, if they're equal. And there's so much great technology out there to do that. You know, I said candidate automation, marketing automation, we've been reactivating candidates on Facebook for six, seven, eight years. You know, you can do the same on Google. So there's definitely people in that database. You just have to know the right way to, to reactivate them. And you'll probably be a little more, um, not as direct as, Hey, we have a job. Do you want a job? I mean, maybe do some AB testing, but what can you do to reactivate that? There's so many great tools and technologies. So you don't have to keep repaying, repurchasing that candidate as well. I wonder if we just don't use our databases because our data stinks. My, my thought is if you have a, if you have a candidate database that just doesn't have the right variables, doesn't have the right information, you can't filter, you can't segment, then yeah, it is a waste of time and it's a waste of a database. You know, Nike isn't going to use their database if they can't segment whether or not you're a male or a female and they don't know what sort of, you know, merchandise to sell to you or whatever it might be. Um, I don't know, maybe that's even a, a bad take at this point, but they, you, if you can't segment a little tough in the employment world, sure. But if you can't segment, may, no, it's not. If, if you, if you do general staffing across the board, you don't want to send your welding jobs to nurses, right? So, so drastic extreme, you can't do that. You can't segment like that. I mean, you can't target like that on Facebook. No, but I could send an email to the right people saying, Hey, you've applied to welding jobs in the past. Here's a couple more welding opportunities. Sure. But this is where we say we are not lawyers. Do not take our legal advice. Of course. Of course. I don't know. I but, think you're being, you got to be careful there with a gender, with a gender sure, uh, uh, variable. Sure. Sure. And the gender variable to, to paint the metaphor to, to consumer goods. Right. We're not going to just serve a ad to a 22 year old male to apply to a job. We cannot do that. I agree. I understand that. But what I'm getting at is if we have in our database, 
a series of individuals. We want to serve them the right, you know, follow-up opportunities, hot jobs, things like that, that fit their skill set. We should be able to segment accordingly and do that. But if we don't have the right data to do that, then we certainly can't run those ads or we can't run those emails or we can't run that reactivation campaign. But Matt, you know, to, to, to bring it back and think through using the database, we also need to look at how long those people have been in the database. Is this somebody who applied a month ago? Is this somebody who applied 10 years ago? Is this somebody you had on assignment six months ago? Or is this somebody who should actually be out of the database because you don't want to talk to them? Each of those individuals needs different messaging, and we need to make sure we're using the right messaging at the right time. To bring it back to consumer goods, if you've purchased a a pair of bird dog shorts, right, you would want to see messaging for now bird dog pants. If you've never purchased that product, though, I need to first win your trust to buy the product in the first place. It's just different messaging, but we need to use our databases and have the right data to do that in the first place. Yeah, garbage in, garbage out, like the traditional... You know, but then also friend of show, Brad Smith would say he's heard if you don't place, activate, get that candidate in the process in a week, you're in trouble um, that they moved on to something else. And then, you know, it's a great way to get back in there, maybe upskill some people, um, check in on them, see what they're doing, see if they're trying to, um, you know, looking for the next step in their career for another job, for a pay rate increase. If you have training available. That'd probably be a great opportunity to to reactivate your database. If you have a maybe a CNC machine operator and you're there looking to take the next step, what can you do there? Um, so that's where I would think, you know, put some kind of guidelines on your database on how far back you want to go. Because the 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 company you referenced, spread in the beginning of 500,000 people probably aren't 500,000 people in the last six months. So they may have moved. They may have different phone number, different email address. You know, find a way to reactivate them the right way or just check in and say, hey, what's going on? That also feels a little bit purchased. That feels like a list that might be just people from Buffalo, New York or people from Western New York kind of data. Um, you know, I don't I don't know exactly who said it. I don't know their business. I, I don't even really want to speak directly to you know that experience, but uh, we got to have clean data. And, and Matt, you talked about upskilling people and you, you talked about getting people the next role and getting people in the next step of their career. That was another super interesting point. Um, I believe Greg Dorshing mentioned it in his talk. And and if I'm incorrectly remembering this, I apologize to whoever the speaker was at the time, but they mentioned that recruiters, when recruiting, if I need to fill a director of marketing job, I go out to LinkedIn and I look for directors of marketing and I try to direct recruit them. Or I go into my database and I look for a director of marketing and I say, hey, we talked six months ago. I have this open order. I have this open job. You want to talk about it. You want to have that conversation. And and you start to try to get a director of marketing into a director of marketing role. The challenge there is no human, no job seeker, no even passive job seeker, especially a passive job seeker, wants to move laterally. No one wants to move from where they currently are to the exact same position and just do it somewhere else. I actually got on stage the next day and and took that a step further. and, And, you know, Greg also said, you know, what do you got to do to be happier? How can you make people happier in your career? And I had said something along the lines of, you know, I'm incredibly happy where I am. I'm incredibly happy what I'm doing. But every single day I get in mails about how I should be a social media marketer for another company. I got a, actually, Matt, I got an email the other day and, and I'm okay saying this on the Haley podcast. I got an email the other day for someone who wanted me to be a social media intern, I believe was the title. And 
and earn probably like 22 grand in Orchard Park, New York. I ignored it, but that person did not in any way, shape or form look at my profile and have any idea what I do. And that's that's terrible because they might be a great recruiter, but they did not do any of their due diligence in just actively reaching out to me. But that that's a that's that's a black eye for the industry, right? But my point to come back to full circle here, and I know I got a little long winded and in, in, in mail and how much I hate LinkedIn. We need to upskill talent. We need to take people to the next step. Why does somebody need to work with a staffing firm? Because you can elevate their career. You can be their career coach. You can find somebody who is a senior digital marketing manager and reach out and say, hey, any interest in being a director of marketing? Any interest in being a director of digital? We cannot move people laterally. That's why we're having a hard time filling orders if we're moving lateral because people are happy. People are already in that role. We need to get them to the next stage of their career. Matt, I see I see your wheels turning. What's going on? My wheels are turning. I definitely agree, right? You need you you could recruit the the marketing manager, the marketing coordinator, right? Those are typically steps, coordinator, manager, director. Um, so that's it. I think it goes back to what the move is. And there's different areas on the checklist that you can check. So maybe if you're recruiting for a director of marketing position and you're recruiting current directors of marketing and other companies, okay, title isn't on the board right now. Same title. Maybe the industry is different. Maybe the salary is different. Maybe it's remote versus non-remote. Maybe just benefits are different. That's where you really have to stand out in that messaging. So I think you have to be really smart with going back to that database. Like you're saying, Brent, okay, we just can't recruit directors of marketing because we're looking for one. You know, we can recruit marketing managers and the message is, oh, instantly, boom, more responsibility, probably more pay, et cetera. So that's where I'm thinking from the recruitment side, you know, you have to look at more than just the industry and the title, really think about the whole package and to be able to get that candidate. Because they'll move if, if it's good enough. For sure. I mean, anybody's, a, uh, anybody's, everybody is window shopping, right? I, I was saying that wrong. Everybody is is open to a conversation, right? Even the, the happiest person in the world. I'm sure there's owners listening to this conversation right now saying, I own the darn business and I'll still entertain a conversation if you want me to move somewhere else. But you got to entice it, right? And, and if we are recruiting people and we're sending them backwards or we're recruiting people and we're not selling the job or we're recruiting people in the database isn't clean, we don't know what they actually do, we're hurting ourselves. And at the end of the day, that's bad for the industry. It is very bad for the industry when recruiters are reaching out on LinkedIn through InMail and offering people jobs that are 10 steps backwards because that person will never think to work with a recruiter again because now they have a stereotype of what recruiters do and who they are. It is very bad for the industry if we're using data the wrong way and we're reaching out via in-mail or we're re- reaching out via email or we're sending ads to the wrong people because we don't have clean data. It's bad for the industry. By doing this, by cleaning up our data, by using our databases effectively, by being human, we elevate the industry and show job seekers and show prospects why they need to work with individuals in this industry. You know, I, I said, Matt, on stage the other day, candidates don't need recruiters. They don't need the staffing industry. It's a candidate market right now. Anybody can go find a job anywhere. They don't need them, but they need us in the same sentence. They need us if they want to take the next step in their career, if they want to have a career coach, if they want career advancement, if they want to go to the best place, because our industry is willing to go to war for the right candidates. So absolutely you need the staffing industry, but we need to tell them why they need us. We need to show that we need to paint that picture. 
And if we're doing things like sending in-mail to people the wrong way or using our databases ineffectively, we're just ultimately hurting ourselves. Matt, let's get to the next topic here, man. Got a little long-winded there. It's okay. Staffing is a people business. Why are we relying so heavily on not talking to candidates and customers? And this is a comment that, again, Greg Dorshing made on stage. And I like Greg a lot. I like his talks. I've seen him quite a bit. Uh, I feel like the more that I go out and speak or the more that you know I attend conferences, he's usually there too. So I, it's, it's somebody that I see quite a bit. In a world of automation, in a world of texting, in a world of email, in a world of trying to make things more efficient for the candidate, his challenge was to get back on the phones and actually talk to people because in-mail is garbage. Email, most people ignore. When we think about using texting, yes, people see it, but are they really having a good, true connection with you? The best connection that you can build is through conversation. And that's not to say that we don't need marketing automation. It certainly, certainly helps, but it should get us further down the line to ultimately have that conversation. Matt, you agree or disagree with that take? I think I agree. I'm going back to a conversation I had with with Dan Mori. Um, president of Employment Solutions New York. I like Dan. Yeah, great guy. Is he a friend of the program? Definitely a friend of show. Um, that's two today. Good. Yeah, I like Dan. Um, he we we did a webinar back in summer 2022 here, um, with him and Ricky Green from Power Personnel and Dan. We talked about automation and whatnot, and Dan said, "Yeah, we need to automate, but don't automate the personal touch." And I think that's the line we have to walk, right? Yes, we have to automate some things. We should automate some things. Tech is better today in October 2022 than it was two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, right? Chatbots, easy apply, websites, those types of activities, technology helps us. But it doesn't have to be every single step from finding the job, applying to the job, scheduling the interview, Hopefully the interview is not automated, but who knows at this point, um, onboarding, all of that. What parts of that process is probably a really good idea to evaluate that process and see what personal touches you can't automate because that's the relationship part that goes beyond the job being transactional, which jobs and staffing can easily be transactional. That's the, the, the battle you have to get past. I think I like that take. I, I, I do. I like that a lot. When we think about using automation, for me, it's getting rid of those such low-level tasks and such low-level steps of the process that we don't need to pay somebody to do that because there's no value in if Matt Lozar is sending that email or our automation is sending that email. That part I'm good with. You know, the the first day check-in, whatever, hey, how was your shift right after the shift ends or or, you know, 28 day later activation, reactivation type stuff. I like that. But ultimately, that should free up time for your team to then have the right conversations with the right people because they're not doing those miscellaneous tasks, which should free up time for people to close, should free up time to have good conversations with candidates or go out for coffee with candidates. If we're offloading those automated tasks now, what is your team doing to fill that time? Well, they should be on the phone. They should be talking to candidates, should be talking to clients, they should be talking to prospects, blue chip accounts they should be checking in with more frequently because they now have the time to do that. And Matt, I, I think that's my my cry for the, for the industry is if we're automating and we're doing more automation, we're looking at more automation, we're looking at more ways to, to get in front of candidates with texting or email or whatever it might be, and we're automating that process, okay, what are you now going to do with those found hours? Are you just going to work 20 hours a week or are you still going to work your 40, 50, whatever it is, 
And now you're going to talk to more people or you're going to have better conversations or you're going to make more placements or you're going to have more prospect conversations, try to generate more blue chip accounts. What are you going to do with the, the time that you free up? And for me, you got to have more conversations because that to me, Matt, is, is what makes our industry unique and what makes people actually want to work with our industry. That's what recruiters are good at. They're good at networking right. and talking and, right. and recruiting. They're not good at, they're not good, but the the strength, the differentiator isn't posting jobs on Indeed and ZipRecruiter or just all these boring, repetitive tasks. That's what they're good at. That's what recruiters are good at. So play to those strengths. And and that's almost why when you're thinking through, and I made a comment of no one needs a staffing firm, but everyone does need a staffing firm. Everyone does need a recruiter. That's the selling point is I am going to go to bat for you. I am going to go to war for you to find you the job that you deserve. And I'm going to do that by finding the right opportunity. I'm going to have the right conversations with with the clients that I have, with the, the individuals I talk to, and I'm going to get you placed because I have those relationships. Matt, I agree, man. Uh, it's a people business, and I think we just need to bring that a little bit more back in, in 2023. Wow, 2023. How about that? Matt, third takeaway. Third takeaway. There are a lot of good vendors in this industry. Get to know them. They want to help you. They absolutely not only just want your business from a from a business standpoint, but there are great, great people in this industry that want to help. Matt, I had the opportunity to you know talk to quite a few people there at NAPS. Um, I've also known them from whether it's the speaking circuit or just being out at other shows and having the opportunity to meet with other vendors or other exhibitors from ATS providers to back office providers to us, uh, to other individuals who, um, you know, might offer some other solutions. I, I didn't get a whole look down the left wing who else was there, but, um, there are a lot of good vendors in this industry. And I think if you're listening to this, this podcast and you're trying to do too much by yourself, I think you're doing yourself a disservice by, by stretching yourself a little too thin and not leaning on the expertise of other partners that absolutely want to help. Matt, it's always been funny. The vendor joke is, why does anybody come to the booth? It's like they're afraid to chat. And unfortunately, a few bad apples probably ruined that because pressuring, whatever, right? Used car salesman. But the companies are there to help. So so talk to the right companies. Or even if you're you're hesitant, do some, some reference checks or talk to your friends and, and figure out what's going on. It's We see that in ASA Central all the time. American Staff Association – like, hey, I'm looking at ATS. I'm looking at this tech product. I'm, you know, what I'm looking for a marketing company. What do you think of this? Or what do you have recommendations for? And then once you get some recommendations, go to the vendors and talk to them because we know more about certain areas than than you do. And you know more about recruiting than than I do for sure as a staffing company. But you know, leverage all those different strengths. There's there's a ton of smart people and vendors out there with great products and solutions. And just be diligent about what you need. Find the right companies and and learn from them because they can help you and they want to help you grow. You know, it'd be a great idea, as especially if you're heading out to staffing world where there's hundreds of of vendors and partners there, right? It, I mean, that exhibit hall is massive and it's in Vegas this year, so I can only imagine how big it's going to be. Stand off to the side and see who's going to talk to Haley Marketing. We'll use us for example. When they walk away, pull them to the side and say, "Hey." Have you worked with Haley? Are you a current client of Haley? I'm thinking of working with them for, for blogging services. What's it like? Are you working with them on blogging? What's your experience in working with their team? If you desperately want to work with somebody, but you want that ref, you want a, an, an opinion, if you're at a show and they're there, see who else is talking to them. 
go up and have have a conversation with their team. Have a conversation with whoever is at the booth. Have a conversation over coffee or over a drink or whatever it might be dinner. People want to chat. And, and at the end of the day, people are there because they want to help, right? When you think about people that are going to a show or people that are going to a conference or someone who's going to Staffing World in Vegas and making that investment, it's because they want to help. They want to be a part of the industry and they want to provide so much value to the industry that they want to meet more people at those events. So if you're going to a, a large conference, you're going to somewhere like Staffing World, I would highly encourage you to stop by a booth and, and chat with vendors that you're potentially thinking about doing business with. Definitely stop by and see Team Haley. We're going to have a team of, what, Matt, eight people this year. I don't know the exact number, um, eight, 10, uh, however many it is, but we're going to be there. Please stop by, say hi. If there's questions on your mind, if there's things that we can help with, we'll certainly tell you. And if there's things that we can't, we'll tell you that too. But we would love to have a conversation about how we might be able to help you and your business in 2023. Matt, those are my big takeaways from NAPS, man. We need to use our candidate databases more effectively. We need to upskill talent. Staffing is a people business. We need to get back to having those real good conversations. There's a lot of great vendors in the industry. You know, when I went out and, and had a I had a really good time, uh, I, I that's my fourth time, I think, at NAPS. Uh, don't know where next year's conference is. Excited to figure out where that's going to be, and, and hopefully they want want us back. But uh, I think my biggest takeaways are are those four. So I appreciate you breaking them down with me, man. I appreciate you sharing some some thoughts on your side of things as well. But hey, man, any any more conferences for you this year? Not that I know of. We're we're sticking to uh, we're staying home. We're gonna we're gonna start consuming some online stuff. There's some good online conferences. I know the Indeed ones coming up. Um, try to find some other webinars. There's always. Hopefully some good stuff, right? Wrap up 2022, start to look at 2023. We're in quarter four here already. And if you're not already doing 2023 planning, if that's how you you plan your your yearly stuff, you you know, I'm assuming everyone's gonna be starting that really, really quickly. So um, no, no more conferences for me here. Just trying to continue to keep getting better. That's what we do. That's what conferences help us do. That's what content helps us do. One percent better every day, my good friend. All right, that's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing. Let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. Be sure you tell them that Insights sent you. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar. This is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.